I see you everywhere. It's what everyone always says to me when they see me at a networking event. But the truth is, I'm not everywhere all the time. I'm not omnipresent. I've just done a really good job at being visible, of being in front of my network on LinkedIn, in your podcast feed, on various stages, perhaps in your inbox, on Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. The power of visibility is that it does a lot of the work for you. It constantly puts you in your brand in front of people, making them feel constantly connected to you and your message. But like anything else in our business, our visibility needs to be thought about strategically. Welcome to episode 109 of This Shit Works, a podcast dedicated to all things networking, relationship building, and business development. I am your host, Julie Brown, and today we are joined by my friend, Emily Aborn, founder of She Built This, to discuss three out-of-the-box approaches to visibility. This episode is sponsored by Nickerson, a full-service branding, marketing, PR, and communications agency with team members in Boston, Los Angeles, Miami, and New York City. Visit them at nickersoncos.com. Welcome to This Shit Works, your weekly no-nonsense guide to networking your way to more friends, more adventures, and way more success with your host, Julie Brown. Here we go. One of my favorite parts of my business visibility strategy is my weekly newsletter. P.S. If you're not on my newsletter list, get on it. Every Wednesday, my network gets a glimpse into what's happening with me personally and with my business. It could be anything from telling you about my hip hip bursitis, what a pain in the ass that was, what stages I'm speaking on, my trip to bourbon country out-of-the-box networking tips. It's anything and everything all wrapped up into a fun little story. Then there's this podcast, which allows me to constantly bring you new information and amazing guests. Both of these things in some form or, or another get shared on LinkedIn and social media, constantly keeping me in front of my audience, listeners, my network on a regular basis. But this kind of visibility takes time and effort, and I can't do it alone. I have people who help me every week. Sometimes we need people to help us get the ideas out of our heads and into useful visibility tools. That is what my friend and guest, Emily, does. She picks our brains and brings our disparate ideas to life through website copy, blogs, social media posts, emails, and loads of other stuff. And today, she is here to share some out-of-the-box approaches to visibility. Emily, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for such a nice introduction. You use so many words I really love and we're going to get into like, oh. like weekly oh, yes. <laughs> and regular, like consistent. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to found She Built This. Okay. Thank you for that question. So I actually started as a retail shop owner selling. Don't look at me like I have 10 heads, like everybody else did. I sold organic mattresses. So like mattresses that don't have petrochemicals and formaldehyde and things like that, which most mattresses do. And most of your other furniture in your home as well. (laughs) So that was like my original entrepreneurial venture, I guess, like my real entrepreneurial venture. And 
I was running that business. Like my husband, and I ran it together, but I was in that store every single day all by myself. And I was like, this sucks. This is so awful. I just, I had no one to bounce ideas off of. I was in my own head all the time. I was really lonely and bored because it was a mattress store and not a lot of people are coming to a mattress store, especially during the week. So I got some really, really good advice, which I think is so in line with the advice that you give people. It was basically just get out there and go meet people, go make friends, go make some entrepreneurial friends. So I took one step out that door and just never went back. And I made it my mission to meet every single person I could meet and do every single networking thing I could possibly do. And even host things at my shop, which people were like, this is very random that there is a networking event at a mattress shop, (laughs) but I didn't care. I did it. And it was through all of that, that I realized that there were so many other women entrepreneurs, even just in this area that were like, oh my gosh, yeah, I want a community. I want other people to connect with and network with and I feel like I'm doing this thing alone too. So I created what was at the time called Chicks That Mean Business. And now it is called She Built This. And it's really a community online and in person of positive, like-minded women entrepreneurs that want to help each other succeed and get towards their goals. I have a funny mattress story. So we (laughs) were... I think you'll find this funny because we were mattress shopping and we went to the mattress store and I would get on the mattress and curl up the way I would sleep. And my husband's like, why are you doing that? I was like, cause that's the way I sleep. Like, that's how I want to test the mattress. And the sales guy was like, no one ever curls up the way they sleep. They just lay on it like this and expect that to like mimic how they're going to sleep. He's like, you're the first person in all of my years who actually curled up with a pillow and was like, "Mm, I think this is comfy. Oh, that's what you should do. So good job for you. Yeah. But he was like, no one ever does that. I was like, because they're embarrassed. Like, why? I don't know. They, they just like awkwardly. I mean, this is what I saw time and time again. They just like awkwardly sit on it, you know, or like push it. And they're like, yep, that's the one. I'm like, do you push your bed or do you <laughs> lay on it? Like, I don't understand. You walk up to your bed in the morning and go, okay, still good. Yep. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. So did you get, did you dissolve that mattress business? Yeah. So it's funny. I thought that was going to be our long-term plan. And we had put a lot of money in that. We took out a substantial loan and we had invested a lot of time and energy and we had it for five years. And I thought to myself that I was trapped there. I was like, this is what I have to do for the rest of my life. Mm. And one day my husband looked at me and he's like, you know, we can make a different decision. And I was like, wait, we can. (laughs) So we did end up liquidating the store and we actually sold the brand to someone else, which made me feel really good about the way that we left it. So this online community, how big is it? What does it take to be a part of it? How can people get involved in it? So it exists on Facebook a lot, but we do get together in smaller networking groups and things outside of that, obviously. So it's 1700 women and they're all over the globe. It's not limited to New Hampshire, although most of the events take place in New Hampshire and Massachusetts. And then we have other events online that people can attend virtually. So let's get into the three strategies that you have. You say the three strategies are... Connection, consistency, and collaboration. So let's start with connection. We're talking a little bit about it now, but let's talk about how you used it and how you work with your clients on their connections. Okay. So when we think of visibility, at its very core, it means being seen, right? And 
getting in front of people. And I think that's where in the mattress store, I was like, well, I'm doing all this, right. I have an SEO optimized website and I have Google ads and I have Facebook ads. I'm in every print magazine in New Hampshire that has my ideal audience. I'm getting mm-hmm. seen, mm-hmm. but I was not making that connection with people. I was not building those relationships, which you are always talking about. And I think that's for me, the key piece of connection is it's a two-way street. Visibility is a two-way street and relationships don't build themselves. So it's a, it's a concerted effort to find the people that you want to build those relationships with. And then not just come at it like, okay, what can they do for me? But Mm -hmm. always coming at it from a giver's perspective or like a curiosity perspective Mm -hmm. to learn about the other person. I love this idea of the dopamine inducing (laughs) questions and the dopamine inducing relationships. Like how often are we in relationships? Or it's like that person only cared about themselves. And that was the conversation just leaves you feeling like, ugh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, cannot talk. And I obviously, cause I started this podcast, I can't talk enough about making connections. And this just happened to me yesterday. I was giving a keynote in New Hampshire, in Manchester, New Hampshire yesterday. And I had friends who registered for the conference and drove three hours to see me speak for 45 minutes and then drove three hours home. Like that. I can't even, like, I just can't even thank them enough. And I met them all through networking and they're some of my best friends. And I think about if I hadn't put myself in positions to be in networking events, I never would have met those people. Do you have rules around where you, like when you went out on your own, when you had a mattress store and you decided you were going to be visible and you were going to start connecting, did you have rules around what events you would go to? Did you have parameters around those events? Like how did you balance your time? Uh, yeah. So then I did not have rules around. I was just like, I will do everything. I took every coffee date. I went to every possible thing I could possibly find. Now I'm a little more careful because for example, in my content writing, I really only want women entrepreneurs as my clients. And that's just something that I've come to learn over time and where I want to focus my niching down. So that's where I'm going to put my networking energies, but no, back then I would go to everything. And I tried a lot of things, which I also think is important. Mm -hmm. You can try the chamber and you can try BNI and you can try those organizations or, you know, whatever organization it is for you and see if that is a good vehicle for you building those relationships, because not everything is, and you can feel, I think you have to give it a little time, but you can usually feel when the thing is not right for you. Yeah, there's no, so here's, this is sort of like the juxtap. my question is there's no shortage of places to network. Right. So try again, say, I don't know if this is going to be the right room for me. There's this woman who wrote a networking book a number of years ago, and she said that people are generally in the wrong room and that's why their networking fails them. So try to try lots of different rooms and see what room works for you. And there's going to be a number of rooms that work for you. And there's going to be some that don't, and that's okay. And I want to give a, like, I know this is, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Facebook, but (laughs) Facebook groups is really where I, like, if I'm on Facebook, that's where I'm going as groups. And I do think that you can do some good now. I mean, I have met my very best friends through she built this, which is, was a Facebook group at its core. And I think the way to do that is to show up in those groups as like the support person or as a resource, like always being like, I am here to be a resource and provide either information or connection or make that connection right then and there. So 
Yeah. And in the absence of having another place that offers that framework, it's hot. I, I know because I'm not a huge fan of Facebook. I don't use it at all except for the groups that I'm in because they're so super helpful. And right now there is no other, there's no other option for the, those big sort of groups that have a framework around them that you can post and talk and all that. So it is what it is on that point. <laughs> so let's talk about consistency. Yeah. So I love how you said you send a weekly email mm-hmm. because I am always talking about frequency is less important than consistency. So consistency, if you're saying, oh my God, I need to post five times a week, right. that might not be the right frequency for you if you can't be consistent with it. Yep. And I'm not just talking about posting. Like it's the same for if you do decide I'm going to be part of a peer to peer group. Like I'm going to join this group being yeah. consistent and showing up to the things yes. that you say you're going to. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how you build those relationships. That's how you build that yep. like, know and trust. Yeah. If you're doing a podcast, you know, I think we probably all know the podcasters are like, well, I do one when I feel like it. And you know what? I don't follow their feed. Like right. I'm like, well, I might see one on social media that interests me, but I'm not going to keep that in my feed because yep. I want a regular podcast. Yes. Because that's how you as a podcaster are building that trust factor with Mm -hmm. me too. So I think that it goes a long way. People come to see your name regularly in their inbox every single week. They see you regularly at those events every single week, every single month. And that is one way of building like trust with people. So I mentioned in the intro that I have help. We have a mutual friend, Deanna, and Deanna helps me. She's like another arm like of mine. I can't run this ship without her. And we have a content meeting every month and then we meet multiple times throughout the month. And we talk about how many times we'll post the weekly newsletter always comes out on Wednesday. My podcast always comes out on Wednesday. And then we talk about what is the good cadence for the other content. How do you suggest people determine what their frequency, their consistency should be? Some of that will probably come down to how much you are producing. So for example, like I'm a very loquacious individual. I can write, I could write two blogs a week if you let me, and I could probably do two or three podcasts a week if you let me, but I don't obviously. So for me, like from one podcast, from one blog, I'm able to break that down into so many other forms of content. So it's Mm -hmm. easy for me to post every single day. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a podcast or you don't do a Facebook live or you don't do a blog and you're like literally just trying to think of one thing to say in your email, I think that's going to determine a little bit how frequent you can be with things. How do you get people to be creative? Like you can, you are the creative, you make the content, but you can't make a, you can't make content out of thin air. They have to provide something to you. So how do you tease that out of Deanna is great at it. Like we sit down and she's like, what happened this week? And I was like, let me tell you this crazy fucking story. And she's like, that's a newsletter. Yeah. And I don't even think of it that way. And I'm like, oh my God, it is a newsletter. So how do you tease that out of your clients? Two things. I love this question. So two things, Deanna, brilliant with asking the question of what happened this week. Sometimes the most boring thing you did that day is the best piece of content, or you can turn it into a piece of content. So that's one. But the other is I always say content is a bridge, right? Like it's a bridge between, it's not just us blasting our message out into the world. We're trying to connect with the person on the other side. So we need to think about what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what they're searching into Google. 
And that's where I come up with a ton of ideas. I'll give you an example. I had a polyamorous uh, coach. And so I'm thinking to myself, well, I have a ton of questions I can ask her about that. Mm -hmm. So I came up with about 15 questions of my own. And then I typed a couple of questions into Google and we had an hour and a half content meeting on that where she gave me answers to all of those questions. And that was her content. Mm -hmm. Um, if you are on a, someone else's podcast, I love this little tip. If you're on someone else's podcast, that question you just asked me, I now can turn that into something, you know, mm -hmm. like now I can reuse that exact right. question. You just asked me into an entire email or an entire blog. I think creativity, we all have, mm -hmm. we need to rethink how we're looking at our boring mundane lives right. or the thing that we do every single day that other people actually have a lot of questions about. Yeah. I think the, it's look at what's happened and then pose a question. How does this relate to, for me, it's like, how does this relate to networking? How does this relate to relationships? I remember I, I, I wrote a newsletter about how, so my cat died 10 years ago in April, 10. And I still have a hard time opening a tuna fish can. And I talked about how, when I would open the tuna can, his name was Vladimir. He would run down the, from wherever he was in the house. Like he'd run down the stairs and he'd do that figure eight thing cats do between your legs and everything. And I wrote this thing about, I still can't open a tuna can 10 years later. I don't cry anymore, but I still think of him. And that hit a nerve with people like, oh my God, like I still do that too. Like pets, aren't they the best? Yada, yada, yada. And then we turned it into, is it an amazing how sometimes small things in your day remind you of things or people and you wonder why you don't have those relationships anymore is there people in your life that you you think of but somehow you you are connected to anymore so we turned this tuna fish can into reconnecting with people so you think of the idea and then you think how does it work into what i'm trying to teach and i also think that you you brought up something else, which a lot of people struggle with. And that is, they say, oh, well, I'm a private person. I don't want to mm. share. I don't want to share my personal life or my personal stories, which I understand. So okay. we always have to remember, we get to choose what we share and what we don't share. Mm. I am also a private person, but I am also an, a very open book. So I have pieces of my life that I'm not going to share with myself. I'm not one that's going to blast my emotions all over social media, mm -hmm. but I feel them very deeply. So I think that's something where everybody has to determine what that looks like for themselves. What are the things I do post about? What are the things I don't want to post about? Mm -hmm. But privacy and personal life though. That's how you build connections with people. Yeah. Like, I know you have your top five list and I absolutely love that because how many times do you share your top five list with people? You know, the top five facts yeah. about you that are not related to work and somebody's right. like, Oh, me too. You know? Yep. Yeah. It's, I, there's so, I call it increasing the surface area with which you can connect with people. So the more you share, the more ways you have, the more potential ways you have to find something in common with something else, a similar experience or a similar feeling or a similar hobby or whatever. So the more you share, the more your ability to connect. And sometimes it's something that it makes you totally different from everybody else. And people are like, ew, you put, I don't know, salt on watermelon, which I probably would do. <laughs> I put chili, I put chili powder on watermelon. It's delicious. Okay. See, so that's like crazy. <laughs> yeah. I did it at a, I did it tangent. I did it at a cookout a couple of years ago and I just cut up watermelon like slices. And then I sprinkled chili powder on them. And that was like a, like a refreshing little appetizer. And 
my girlfriend Connie was like, oh my God, these are amazing. And then she tried to make them for her family cookout the next week. She thought I said cayenne pepper and she put cayenne pepper all over the watermelon. Everybody was like, oh my God, my face is on fire. I love this. And also both of those sound disgusting to me. So that's oh, no, you have to try. See, okay. This you have is to try what the I'm, this is what I'm talking about. Like even the stuff that makes us super weird is actually like really fun content. So you have to determine what that looks like for yourself, what privacy is, what yeah. personal is. But I think that the more you, you are mm. the better. Yeah. Yeah. And can you help people be more them? <laughs> I, I, I try to like you know, so some people are very buttoned up and I'm like, okay, let's use some of the ways that you like being conversational in your writing or in your podcast. Yeah. That's the best way to be more. You is just like, talk how you actually talk. Because mm -hmm. if somebody hears your podcast and they're like, wow, that was like, you sounded like you were giving an eloquent speech to the queen of England. Then they meet you in person. You're dropping F-bombs. So like, this is not the not, same. This doesn't compute. <laughs> I always try to write like I'm talking to a friend, like I like I'm writing a letter to a friend. Like, how would I write a letter to a friend to tell him what's happening or tell him about this topic? So that's how I try to put it. Yeah, same. And Which I is use why I swear in my podcast. <laughs> and, and if you use, you know, I think grammar is like, you know, the rules of grammar and then break the rules of grammar. Right. So like yeah. if you use things that are local to Boston or local to mm -hmm. New Hampshire or local to Maine. Like it's okay to use those things in yeah. your writing. As yep. if, if you know what you're doing, you know, don't just misspell words. But. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So let's talk about collaborations. Yeah. So this is my favorite. So the math equation here, <laughs> if we're doing more math, uh, is one plus one is more than one. So it's basically like whenever I decide to collaborate with somebody else, I'm creating something bigger than just I could create on my own. And I love collaboration because you're basically using, like you've been on my podcast. You yep. got to use my platform as your way of getting visible. And now mm -hmm. I'm doing the same thing with yours. So yep. that's collaboration. And I always approach collaboration from a giver's mentality. I want your listeners to have value in what we're talking about. I don't just want to come here and be like, here's everything, Emily, Emily, Emily. So I think that's one way you need to really think about collaboration, but there's so many opportunities to do it. Yeah. If you think of all the people in your network and you think about what they're producing on their own, mm -hmm. they want valuable guests on their Facebook lives right. and on their podcasts and right. guest bloggers. They want people to write articles for their magazines. So it's like, they want to connect with you and collaborate with you. Um, and I also love like you did a great event collaboration. I do a lot of event collaborations. Mm -hmm. That is just a way to take an event that maybe you could have only gotten 50 butts in the seat. And now you yep. get a hundred butts in the seat. Yeah. You, what you're referencing is I had a book signing in April that you attended and it wasn't even my idea. One of the girls in my network, one of my top five um, in my network, she was like, you know, you released your book during COVID. You didn't get to have a book launch. You didn't I get to have a book signing. We're going to do it now. And I was like, Jack, like it was, it's been two years. Like who is going to come? She's like everyone. And we collaborated with the people who gave us the studio. We collaborated with people who sponsored the food and beverages. We like with a woman who bought a copy of the book for everybody. It was all collaborations and everybody felt like they got something out of it. And it was sold out. <laughs> 
and we that know, is we know more room that is the key everybody feels like they get something out of it because we're talking so much about connecting and networking i i just feel like we have to talk about how many mutual people we know and how absolutely crazy it is and like try to draw a line between how everybody met and and I, like you met me well and met is we've only met once in person but i'm going to use met because we've talked so many times you met me because Deanna was on my podcast, correct? Or I actually, I actually think because I was going to be recording a podcast with Terry Trispicio, I binge listened to every podcast, but I'm obsessed with Terry. So yes. I like listened to every podcast she was on. I already knew Deanna though. Okay. So then I saw Deanna on your podcast, Kate Donovan, Kate Hanley. Um, there's more, but yeah. 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 Um, I'm trying to think of all of the people we know. So, so Terry was on my podcast. Deanna was on my podcast. Kate, Han how do you know Kate Hanley through Terry? Through Terry, through the gateless writing world. Yeah. Oh, so you're part of gateless as well. Yeah. 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 So, you know, Suzanne Kingsbury as well. Yeah. Oh my. Okay. So I didn't know you knew Suzanne Kingsbury. I mean, we don't, we haven't had like a conversation yet, but okay. I want her, I want her on my podcast too. So yeah. Oh, you know, Tanessa Shears. I know Tanessa Shears. Tanessa was on my podcast. I heard of Tanessa through a friend of mine named Jody. So. And you know, Nicole Saunders, who did the Enneagram. I know Nicole Saunders did the Enneagram, who I met on Clubhouse. Oh, <laughs> when, my, it, when that was like a thing. <laughs> oh, I know. Is Clubhouse not a thing anymore? I keep wondering if it's not a thing anymore. I don't think it's a thing. So this just goes to show that. A number of the people we mentioned, I have never met in person. I work with Deanna every, oh, like every week. I've never met her in person. You and I have only met once. I never met Nicole in person. I met Ter I'm, I'm Terry and our friends. So I've known Terry forever. Um, Kate Donovan, I haven't met in person. There's so many. And so uh, some, some people are thinking to themselves right now, can I really build a community online? Cause I really have strong relationships online. And the truth is the answer is resoundingly. Yes. In fact, <laughs> when I did before the world shut down in 2020, I was on the road three days a week, probably like meeting people. Yeah. And I don't think that my my relationship building was as impactful then because I didn't have the time and attention. I was always just like, next thing, next thing, next, next thing. thing, next thing. And yeah. now I have like time to follow up with people and to have longer conversations yeah. with people. And so I don't know. I mean, 2020 for people that like to stay home was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what was I doing all of that time? I, I'm so I have an interesting question. I think it's going to be lead up to our last question. I want to know, I know because I do it, but I want to know if you can explain how creating compelling content is going to help our listeners attract better, more ideal clients. So when your clients are laying awake and they're like, something is frustrating them, something's on their mind, bothering them. And then you're able to present them with, here's the solution to what is keeping you up at night. Mm -hmm. That is, that is doing them a service. Basically being visible is like, 
if you're not visible, it's like you have this little gift, right? And you're mm-hmm. hiding it away. And everyone's like, wait a minute, you've had this gift the entire time and you haven't been sharing it with me. Right. So getting yourself visible and creating the content that addresses those concerns and those problems. Yeah. It's basically like you being like, here you go. <laughs> so think about what keeps your clients up at night. Think about what they're struggling with and then try to create content around that and your expertise that answers the questions that may be helpful to them. Which exactly. leads you, them to you. So tell the people how they could get involved with She Built This online. Is there a process to be approved? How can they become a part of it? Yeah. So she built this is just, she built this.org and we have two tiers. So there's like a free dip your toes in tier Mm -hmm. and that's just access to the community. And then there's an extra visibility tier, which is a VIP membership. And it's super easy. I don't have an approval process. You can Mm -hmm. just join as a member and you get a lot of, you get workshops and like extra visibility member spotlights opportunities to do Facebook lives and podcast episodes and blogs and things like that. So it really is a tool. And I've seen a little chocolate company that was like just making chocolates in her home, like explode. So Uh, lots and lots of stories like that. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was so fun. I'm so glad we did this. I was on your podcast so long ago and I've just been waiting for you to come on this one. So I'm so glad we got to do it. Thanks for having me and, and never hesitate to reach out with questions. So, okay. All right. I will. (laughs) Thanks. Connections, consistency, and collaboration. Those are Emily's three out-of-the-box approaches to visibility. Our connections and our relationships do so much for us. They offer friendship, camaraderie, help introduce us to other people, refer business, or simply spread the word about what we're doing. Emily and I have so many mutual connections, and these connections strengthen the relationship that Emily and I have with each other. It weaves a tighter web. Consistency. Consistency requires a long-term commitment, meaning if we want to do things or provide things to our network, audience, or clients, that means we are in it for the long haul. What would this podcast be if sometimes I failed you? If some weeks I didn't release a new episode? If you checked your feed and I had checked out on you? Being consistent means we hold up our end of the bargain in the promises that we make to each other. In collaborations, every other week I bring you a collaboration in this place where experts take the time to share their knowledge with you. These collaborations make this podcast better and stronger. When you look at your business or your job, where are the areas that you can apply these three C's? Are you making new connections? Are you consistent in what you're doing for your clients or your relationships? And are you thinking about ways that you could collaborate with others to increase not just your visibility, but the visibility of others as well? We touched on another C in the discussion, probably one of my favorites, content. Which parts of you and your life and story are you sharing with your network to increase your visibility? You don't need your own newsletter or podcast to start sharing. If you've got a LinkedIn profile, you already have a platform to start sharing. I encourage you to ask yourself that question, what happened this week? And then how does that relate to the problems I help my clients solve? That's your prompt to start writing, to start storytelling, and to start sharing. Okay, on to the drink of the week where I continue (laughs) to be amazed at how there is a cocktail for every topic in this podcast. If Emily gave us her three C's to visibility, I'm giving you the three C's cocktail from Difford's. Why is it called that? I have no fucking clue. (laughs) 
Just kidding. I actually know. But let me give you um, what you're going to need first. Two ounces of Kettle One vodka, three-fourths of an ounce of dark cream de cocoa liqueur, and one and a third ounce of sweetened cranberry juice. Shake all ingredients with ice and strain into a chilled martini glass. Okay, so the name. This cocktail was created in 2001 by Sam Difford when it was originally called the chocolate-covered cranberry martini. So that's where they get the three C's from. Ta-da! All right. Before I send you off, I want to let you know how you can get added to my email list because I mentioned it in the beginning of the podcast. You simply go to juliebrownbd.com. You scroll down to the end of the page and you put your name and email in where it says sign up for updates. And that'll get you on the list and then you'll start getting that fun, funky newsletter every Wednesday. All right, friends. That's it for this week. If you haven't had the time to review the podcast on iTunes, I'm still on my 100 review challenge. So please take a moment to put in a quick review about why you love this podcast and keep coming back. I appreciate you being here. Until next week. Cheers. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a tip. And remember, you can unapologetically be who you authentically are and still be wildly successful. That's a fact. See you next week on This Shit Works. This Shit Works.